2: Welcome to the Wood Talk Weekend Show. It's time to unbutton those pants, crack open a fresh grape soda, and let the soothing sounds of Mark, Shannon, and Matt caress your ear holes.
1: All right, it's Wood Talk number three eighty for May fifth, twenty seventeen. It's a weekend show. It's the weekend. Who? So Michael so Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. Michael Schumacher wrote in. He says, if Shannon didn't have his hand tool school, uh, would you have been more of a hybrid woodworker doing commission work? And, you know, I don't want to throw this totally on Shannon. I thought this is an interesting question to say, if we weren't in the position of, I guess, making this content business with our work, would we still use the same techniques, tools, and things that we currently are known for? Or would our what our shops and our our habits in the shop look different than they do today? So, because the question was directed at Shannon, I'll throw that at him and let him kick it off here. Sure, I nothing would change. Uh, that's one of the
0: things that I think if you're if you're in content generation, if you don't do something you enjoy, you're never going to last. Mm-hmm. So, uh, whether the camera's on or off, I would still keep working the same way. If I had to like be on while I was on camera or do a technique that I wouldn't normally do, there's no way that would persist. Um, so yeah, I would, I would keep working the same way. The reason I got into hand tools is because I I love that style of work. I love the history behind it. So there's no reason why I would change anything. A perfect example of that is I bought a 20 inch planer. (laughs) Because it was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what? Well, actually, if I if I wasn't trying to produce content a little bit quicker, maybe I wouldn't have bought the planer. I don't know. Maybe I would. But there's there's a point where I just got to get some stuff done, and that planer really helps me there. But no, I don't think I would change a thing.
1: But, I mean, part of the, your restriction as well is space. And I'm wondering if, oh, yeah. let's say, hypothetically, you had more space. Would you have ever, like, wouldn't you maybe have held on to the original jointer and planer that you had just because sometimes it's easier, faster? Uh, Maybe Heather wants you to build 20 of something and you got to get all that milling done. Would those be tools that you would have kept around for those moments when you might need them? It's a good question. I mean, right now with your show, know. it doesn't behoove you to hang on yeah. to those things. You don't have the space for it either. So that's part of the problem as well. But there's got to be times just being, you know, a, a human being alive in 2017, you just don't have enough time to do all the milling that might be required for a particular batched out product or something like that. Well,
0: I mean, the the milling example, I think, is not a very good one in my instance, because I didn't end up using my joiner that much anyway. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. because it was a six inch, but I still find it faster to use the four plane knock down so that it doesn't rock and then run it through the planer. Um, I I rarely joint, um, so I don't know that I would use the power joiner. The question really is, would I have felt the need to sell the tools? If I had plenty of room, I probably would have just kind of shunted them off to the side, and just kind of, you know, put them in cold storage for a while yeah. uh, and see what happens. <laughs> just because, you know, we talked about this a couple of shows ago. Or maybe it was last show. You're not going to get very much money for those things. Mm-hmm. Like when I sold them. So it might have just like, it's like if I had a free storage unit somewhere, maybe I would have just stuck them in there for, you know, some time in the future instead of selling them at a loss. But I don't know. Um, yeah, I can't see myself changing the way I would do work because that's truly the way I enjoy working.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So
0: you and if, if I'm going slow, Heather can just suck it up and
1: deal with it, lady. It's not costing <laughs> you anything. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um just suck, it, just suck it up.
2: So when you she's made your in uh, the room with you right now, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think she's probably working. Um when when you when you did make this decision to go hand tools, was there any motivation there for you in sort of offering something unique? to the, to the, the world of woodworking. I mean, I feel like there, there must've been at least some thought and I know you too well that you don't do things in an uncalculated way that there must've been, Hey, this might be my unique proposition in this environment as well.
0: I mean, I guess, but, um, the, the transition from like getting rid of my power tools was very meticulous. Mm-hmm. It was very, you know, I remember specifically I kept a, 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 Piece of paper hung on the wall, um, and I specifically listed the last time that I used that tool. And my rule of thumb was if I haven't used it in a year, um, then I need to seriously think about getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it would kind of go on notice, and I would actually mark down. Okay, it's been a year since I've used it. Let's see what what you know kind of review. What did I do? Well, the reason I didn't need that tool is I didn't I, you know I didn't use anything. I didn't build anything that specifically needed it. So I was very careful about um, what I got rid of and when. Um, And a lot of it came along with me, like building skills in other areas. Uh, So for instance, the final one to really go was the bandsaw. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I did not use that bandsaw for cutting curves at all. Um, I was doing other methods for that. So then it was kept around just for resawing. And then I started to struggle more and more with resawing with it, and started doing more and more resawing by hand. Then I built the frame resaw that like was faster than my Grizzly, and I was just like, okay, there's no need for this anymore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. as far as the like, what was I offering as a unique offering? Eh. I mean, I was already there when I still had power tools. Like when I started the hand tool school, if you watch the early videos, there's a bunch of power tools behind me. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe not very good for my brand, I suppose. But <laughs> right. Um, so I mean, there was. There was a little bit of both going on, but um, no, I mean, so much of it was was purely driven by how I enjoyed working. Mm-hmm. Just so happens that that is a, a viewpoint shared by many people, and you know, I, I do think that going not cold turkey, but getting rid of the power tools was probably the best thing I could do for my skill development because I didn't have anything to fall back (laughs) on. You can fall back. Right. (laughs) Well, and I, I discovered efficiencies that I would have never thought of before. And to this day, I still think there's a different mindset. There's a hand tool mindset and a power tool mindset. Mm -hmm. And you approach projects entirely differently, um, from what is step one for one is not step one for the other. And, you know, um, I, I do believe that making that transition was a good thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that I did it specifically for, you know, a unique offering. Right. I think it just kinda happened that way.
1: So Matt, what about you? Let's say you're just doing client work, building stuff you need to build. Would your your shop look the same as it does now? I don't I don't think I'd ever do client work. <laughs> then, what, <laughs> yeah. then what would you do? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Why <laughs> would I, was, I
0: voluntarily do that? So uh so would, what
1: you're saying is Lindsay makes good money.
2: I would I would still I would probably just <laughs> keep working like what i was doing before and it's i would still be a hobbyist i think
1: so you would have some other day job and continue doing whatever the heck you want to do because that's how you want to spend your time in the shop
2: yeah client work sounds terrible at least to me
1: i think it depends on your clients (laughs) but in most cases it probably (laughs) is
2: (laughs) that's interesting that's probably true
1: Yeah. yeah and see i think i i as much as i I mean, I had a couple of really, really good clients and some that were just like, okay, this is just work, nothing really gratifying about the experience. Um, I think I probably still would try to make a living that way if I could, but I do think my shop would would look Different. I think there are things like for instance, I look at your jointer, Matt, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be real nice. You know what I mean? Like there's there there's no doubt about it. If you have a wider jointer, you open up possibilities. And if you're making a living doing this, opening up possibilities could be the difference between staying in business and going out of business. So, mm. you know, things like the domino would be a good example. If I think that the joints produced by the domino are of the quality that I need them to be. Then that tool is going to get me jobs faster and I'm going to get things done faster and I can move on to the next job. And that's how you make more money. So, I mean, there definitely would be, in my case, a lot of things I think I might do differently uh, that I currently do in a, a slightly slower way. Not Shannon slow, but definitely <laughs> slower than they could be. And I would certainly be making use of as much technology as possible.
0: You know, it's interesting to think about it because you obviously did that, you did run a client business. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is the domino didn't exist. No, you know, wasn't so, there at the time. You know, since you've gotten out of client work, there have been actual innovations that, uh, really kind of turned that on its head.
2: Yeah. Cause yeah. you're right.
0: That's one of those tools that talk about a time saver.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, well, there you go. Um, you know, this is one of those things you could always leave us feedback on this stuff. We'd like to hear if your shop would look different. Maybe you're a content producer like we are. And uh, does that change things for you? Or are you uh, adopting a certain direction because you think it's good for the viewership, but maybe not so good for if you were doing client jobs all the time? Uh, so I guess that's about it. I don't think we'll do contact information today. Let's just close it right here. Let's pinch it off. Okay. Consider it Sounds pinched. Good. Pinched. And pinching your head.